Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. What up? Happy Wednesday. Bill Ryder with you. Welcome into the show. One of the things that we seek, or I seek, is the grammatical approval of Howard Beck, who is um, an amazing NBA writer, podcaster, reporter. He does great work for The Ringer. And is very, very attuned to the grammar needs of the world. And uh, writer than you, the name writer than you is a, is grammatically a seal of approval. Howard Beck, right? You sign off on the on the grammatical excellence of writer than you. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with it, Bill. You know, I struggle <laughs> with it. I'm, I'm I, I let it go out of our personal friendship, but uh, I struggle with it. If it makes you feel better, I struggle with the actual name. I did not come up with it nor request it. Just so you know, and I, I'm not saying. I, I think you fully embrace it. You love the idea that you're writer than everybody. I mean, I definitely am. I just don't know that it needs to be said all the. You know what I'm saying? Those are <laughs> right. Like tall guys don't walk around and be like, "I'm taller than you." We all know. <laughs> we know you are, man. Uh, Mr. Beck, how are things at the ring? I'm so I'm so excited for them. And how lucky they are to have you! I, I as you know, think you do amazing work. Uh, you've been there for a little bit now. How's how's Ringer life? Oh, thank you for that. No, I, I love the Ringer. I have admired uh, their operation for a long time as a as a writer, as a reader, um, as, as as everything. And so, uh, you know, very very happy to have landed there. Um, very much enjoying it. Really wonderful people, uh, and just you know, great website, great podcast network. Very happy to be part of it. Now, I, I know that when you're in a new job, it, sometimes you've got to be careful to step on toes. Is Draymond Green, is that a UFC story or an NBA story? Do you have to defer <laughs> to a – how does that work? I think all those editors have, like, a big meeting where they have to, like, okay. hash out whose territory, right? Maybe it's a group project. <laughs> right. Collaborate. You know, the collaborate, collaboration is, is a really way to, great way to go in a big organization. I, I think maybe, you know, we get everybody together and, you know, we, we figure it out. It's Simmons, get Dana White on the phone and Beck. Um, all right, so so let's start there because it was a what a circus, Howard. Howard Beck here on the show. For you, is there any deep meaning or takeaway? Is there anything that 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 ridiculous situation told you about the Warriors last night? I don't know. Um, it's a good question. It's a it's a fair question because of everything we've seen the Warriors go through over the last couple of years and. They just seem like – like Draymond's always been edgy, but like Clay's been edgier ever since he went through all of his injuries and, and came back with a massive chip on his shoulder, right? And then they win the championship in 2022, and it's like, okay, we're back. But then the, the edginess just even within their own walls spills over with the Draymond Green-Jordan Poole 
uh, you know, dust up and, you know, and, and Draymond punching Jordan Poole a year ago. And then the, the vibes were all off last season. The Warriors themselves said it after the season ended. Yeah, we never really recovered from the punch. Our, our chemistry was off, everything else. They trade Jordan Poole, so they resolve the Draymond-Jordan Poole tension. And by the way, I, I get the sense from a lot of people that, you know, there was tension beyond just Jordan Poole and Draymond. It was like Jordan Poole and maybe some others too. And so when they clear that out and they bring in Chris Paul, I know people thought, oh, Chris Paul and Draymond Green can't, can't possibly coexist, or Chris Paul's got all this bad blood with the Warriors. I never bought any of that. I thought all like those things would be fine. But where the edginess is still there is that you can see, like, Clay got into it with Jaden McDaniels, which set off this whole thing last night, and then I, Draymond and Rudy Gobert, I don't know what to make of that, Bill. I really don't. I have no idea how to interpret that is that just Draymond losing it because sometimes he loses it? Is there is it's because like he and just Gobert just don't have never really liked each other? Or there's always been a little bit of a of a weird pseudo rivalry as Defensive Player of the Year guys who were you know jockeying for that award for several years running. I don't know what that was, um, but you know it's alarming. But hey, look, it, c- compared to what we've seen in NBA history, this was nothing. All right, a headlock that Fair. he would not let go of. No punches were thrown. Nobody got hurt. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, Harbeck, let me ask you to make a, a generally sweeping statement about a couple teams. And, and I know there's the caveat, at least for me, I usually want 20, most people do, 25 games to feel like I know what and who a team is, and we're only 10 in. But based on what you've seen, are you with Steve Kerr? Do you think the Timberwolves are not just legit, but one of the best teams and can maintain that level, be one of the better teams in the NBA this season? They are gathering steam and credibility across the league, and people are taking notice. Personally, I'm a, I'm, I'll, I'll be a pump-the-brakes guy on not just the Timberwolves, but on a lot of early trends, not just this season, but every year. Like You know me. That's just me. I'm, I'm 10 games in. I'm not drawing any, any wild conclusions about anybody. Uh, I think the signs are really good for them, but like the the... the, uh, the amount of data we have on Rudy Gobert, Clay, or, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards as a trio, and especially the two big men, there's just not a lot to go on, right? Like last season, it got cut short because of, of Carl Anthony Towns' injuries. Um, it's looking much better than I think a lot of people anticipated. People across the league were super skeptical of the ability of, of Towns and Gobert to function well together in today's NBA. That is still, I think, a work in progress. So let, let's, you know, r- remains to be seen. But Anthony Edwards is, is a legit two-way star, superstar. He's going to be all NBA this season almost for certain. And Gobert looks like he's back to the guy he was in Utah when he was a walking top five defense, which is the point of getting him. So, uh, and they've got great role players. They, that, that, that team is just done a really nice job of putting together uh, just a complete team. And the talent is there. So, the, the, the top four-ish in the East, or excuse me, in the West thing, like top four in the West, I did not anticipate, but I think clearly they've established that they can be that team. Contender or even like inner circle of contenders, I, I'm just, give us another 10 games or so before we start jumping into that. And on the other side of that, and this question comes from certainly a lot of people I've talked to who actually work in front offices and know the game better than I do, who have made this case to me, pretty passionately this view that the Warriors window is closed and I know you don't love sweeping statements 
and they can be dangerous. And we're only 10 games in, but we've obviously been studying and following the Warriors for a very long time. Do you think it's more likely than not that the Warriors' likely odds at being championship contenders has closed? I'm not ready to to write them off because of a couple of things. One, we've got we're in such an era of parity across the league that the gap between teams is not that great, right? It's not like, oh, here's a couple of super teams and then everybody else and the race is two or three teams. No, every season for the last few, we've gone in thinking five, six, seven teams and you just need a break here or there. We didn't expect the Warriors to win it the last time they did. Right. And they didn't. They did not do it with overwhelming talent. You know, like Steph was the only and, and remains the only clear remaining star, right? Like, Clay is no longer a perennial star. Uh, Draymond is still a really impactful player, but he's not a guy you're expecting to be Defensive Player of the Year or All-NBA. And so, you know, but the collection of, of what they have there and some of the progress we've seen from some of their younger players, maybe, the, you know, the potential to still, who knows, maybe there's a trade to make still somewhere along the way here. I'm, not, I'm just not going to write them off. The, like, the Nuggets are the clear favorites in the West, duh. Um, are they impervious, though? Are they a super team like the, the Warriors of, of, of 17 and 18? No. Are they, are they even at Shaq and Kobe level, that kind of, of, of potency? Like, I don't think so, and that's not a knock. The Nuggets do it with a different kind of formula in terms of, you know, just one supreme player in Jokic and a bunch of other really good players around him. And Jamal Murray flirts with stardom, and then he gets hurt. Um, I just don't think there's any team that could say we are far and away above the pack. And I think the Warriors are somewhere in, in that, that mix of teams that if a couple things go their way, the path could be there. All right, Howard Beck, it is time for your favorite part of the show. What the Beck? I'm just going to throw something. You ready for this? I'm never ready, and I'm always ready. Go. True or false, it is an abomination against all that is acceptable, holy, correct, American, and Christmassy to play Christmas music on the damn radio before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, you're right on there. Not only that, but they were doing it before Halloween this year. Right. Like, and we had commercials on during NBA games. That that ridiculous, like, Thanksgiving horror movie was also, like, I'm not sure what was worse, that or the Christmas <laughs> commercials. But it was before Halloween even, and we were already getting, like, a, a Thanksgiving horror movie and Christmas commercials. Um, I, I, just stop. Just, can we just slow down, folks? What the Beck? Is it a blessing or a curse that everything my producer says turns out to be wrong? Because I think it might be a blessing, yeah, Tom, because then I just know what side of something to be on. This is a loaded question because it presupposes that he's always wrong, and I feel like that, that's for you two to hash out. I'm not getting right. in the middle of this. Of course. But he loves the Christmas music in August. That's what made me think of it, oh, among other I see. things. I see. Yeah, well, that's wrong. He's wrong on that one. That's clear. What the Beck? All right. This is not me being contrarian. I Really not. I, I just I, – I, I can't decide if I am on this stupid, which certainly occurs – or if there's so much groupthink on the other side, people have gotten carried away. I, I like the in-season fl- courts. I like them. I like what they. I like that they're different. Are, are you like? Are you? I mean, we haven't had many of these nights yet of this in-season tournament uh, qualification games. No, are you? You don't like any of the. I like the courts. Um, I think that some of the courts actually look really good. The ones, the the, the, the ones that are shades of blue, are actually beautiful. Like the the, the OKC really one. Yeah. Love the yeah, OKC and they, one. And they're not overly distracting, whatever. The ones that are like, you know, 
two-thirds, four-fifths of the court is red just burns your retinas. And, like, those, like, they got to rethink. Overall, the, the appearance of the, the in-season tournament courts, it, I'm, I'm fine with, but I do think the better way to do this is that strip down the middle that has, like, the, the cup and the colors and all that, do that, leave the rest of the court alone, and then that's what makes it distinct. You'll know it's an in-season tournament. God, it's such a stupid name. You'll know it's a tournament <laughs> game. It's so any title that you created for something that involves a hyphen, you've already failed. Just rethink the damn thing. It's grammatically um, correct, though. At least they're not, you know, in-season tournament year than you or whatever. It, it's generic. It's, it's like saying, uh, you know, hamburger with lettuce, cheese, tomato. It, like, j- j- let's, let's call it a Big Mac. Let's have a name for it. Hamburger. Just hamburger. In season, tur- you're calling it the thing that it is. That's not a name. You're, that's just a description. This is dumb. Get rid of it. Um, Time for the NBA game on a Wednesday night. Brought to you by a TV station. Um, yeah. right, let's. What the Beck? Uh, I'm excited about the in-season tournament. I'm really into it, and, and some of that's because I'm going to be in Vegas. What does it take to get you at the craps table at 2 in the morning in Vegas in December? Uh, I've never played craps. I don't like Vegas. I don't generally gamble, and a lot. I'm not, and I'm not big on the in-season tournament at all. I, I think it's fine. <laughs> I, I describe myself as, as a skeptical agnostic. I, I'm skeptical that it, that of, of, of all that it is because I don't think I don't see what the appeal is or, or the need for it. Agnostic in that I don't really care in the end. Like, I don't want to like talk it, theology. I want to ply you with drinks and get you to the craps table. I want you to be like, let's go craps. I just want to see that side of you one time. No? Hey, not, not coming? Happening. No. All right, let's do one more. We'll do a real one. What the Beck? So this one actually lives a little better than it did. I for, for Over at CBS Sports, I did a column. I, I asked a bunch of GMs and, and executives for their hot takes, right? They actually believed. And I thought it was interesting. And one of them was someone in particular, but a few people said, okay, yeah, maybe. Uh, this view that Drew Holiday was going to be markedly better than Damian Lillard. Now, this came out before the season. I think we're a couple games into the season. Obviously, so far, Lillard hasn't played as well as he, as he could, and it's way too soon to draw any sweeping conclusions. But do you think it's legitimate that there's a world where Drew Holiday, as a fit and a player, is going to be much, 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 much more important and better for Boston than, than Lillard's going to prove to be for Milwaukee? Are you buying that as a possibility? A possibility, sure, but it's, again, early. Um, and it's, it is always a steeper climb to incorporate another all-star, ball-dominant, you know, high-caliber high score than it is to incorporate a, you know, essentially a defensive specialist, right? Like, yeah, Drew Holiday can handle the ball. Drew Holiday's going to score a little whatever. But he's, you know, their, their, their fourth most important player or something. He's going to an established group there that, that was not upended by that trade. The Bucks completely refashioned themselves. And so that, that is a different kind of adjustment. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's on the table. It is like, it, and boy, what a what a cruel irony it'll be for the Bucks if they if their rivals who were indirectly you know helped by getting Drew Holiday um, end up benefiting more than than the Bucks did by getting Dame Lillard. It is a it is a cruel cruel world. Uh, will I see you in Vegas for the? Are you going to be forced and foisted? Will Vegas be foisted upon you? Come whatever it is, December seventh or ninth, whatever those dates are. The Ringer will have a phenomenal presence there. Lots of folks who are going. I am not at this moment going to be uh, part of that plan. 
Um, and I'm totally uh, fine with that because, as we've established, not a big Vegas guy and not big on the tournament itself. So, no, um, I will I will be uh, probably happily in Brooklyn. So that will make it very hard to get you to the Aria at 2 a.m. Got it. We'll just put it on my calendar not to expect that, that bucket list to get checked off. Howard Beck from The Ringer on Twitter at Howard Beck. As always, my friend, absolutely awesome to have you on the show. Great to hear your voice again. Congratulations to you on the gig, and more importantly to The Ringer for landing you. You're a very talented person, as we just heard, and I love that you do what the Beck and that you love the grammatical excellence of the name of the show. <laughs> Thank you. Always a pleasure, my friend. Take care. Hey, buddy. Uh, Howard Beck, huh? I, I, I didn't know Howard didn't like Vegas. I did not know that he is not a gambler. But if Tom had asked me, to put all my money on Earth. I was forced to put all my... That's the direction I would have gambled. I... He didn't want to get involved, and you're always wrong. But he definitely, definitely did not see eye-to-eye with you on Christmas in August or even early November. And he didn't see eye-to-eye with you on the in-season tournament, Las no. Vegas, craps. Like, he didn't see eye-to-eye with anybody. Can't trust a guy that's like Vegas. Come on now. I've never been, so I can't comment. It's... I mean, you've never dated, I don't know, Scarlett Johansson, but you probably, if you're, you would know that would be pleasant. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound nice. Not <laughs> as nice as being married to my wife, <laughs> but it does sound pretty cool. You don't have to do something to know that it could be pretty nice. Vegas is great. You know it's great. Vegas is a Scarlett Johansson of cities. When you put it like that, okay. All right. Scojo? What's up, Scojo? It's Bill Ryder. Let's do buy or sell. Do you have any uh, Scojo uh, buy or sell questions? Uh, no, no, nothing that rises to the Scojo level. Sorry. We covered the Scojo. Yes. All right. Let's do buy or sell next here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to Writer Than You. My brother told me jeans are out. What does he wear? He wears um something called like like Banana Republic Travelers. They they're like they look like jeans, but they're black. Oh, he's too fancy. I'm a blue jeans guy. I wear yeah. blue jeans. Yeah, almost every day. Also, I don't want my jeans to be skin tight. I'm married. I'm and, and if, if I weren't married, it wouldn't flatter me. So on CBS Sports Radio, I, I went and bought some jeans actually yesterday. Flexible denim. Jeans for guys who aren't thin, as thin as they want to be. I'm not fat. I'm just, you know. I mean, honestly, I go there and it's a category like super thin, male model, still super thin. How about just a dad bod category? I'm looking around. Everybody has a dad bod in that store. They should just write that on the tag. Dad jeans. Comfortable uh, hey, jeans. If I can afford an $80 pair of jeans, which I could not most of my life, it's probably because I'm older and I've been working a long time. I put a squirreled money away so I can afford your damn jeans. Why don't you have a category that fits me? That's the category I'm in. I'm transitioning to sweats, actually. So I, what does that say about me? So I, what? I went to the Nike store and I got myself a pair of black, they're, they're not even sweats. They're, they're, they're really nice. They look like slacks almost, but they're, they're, they're basically sweats. Listen, I don't want this for you. When you say you're transitioning to sweats, that really, <laughs> really means you're just giving up. You're just giving no, up. I'm not. You're they, giving up all hope. 
Well, I'm flying tomorrow, so I wanted a nice pair of sweats for the airplane. I've become a sweats on the airplane guy. But I had that's fine. Had, I'm cool with that. No issue with that. But I had some that you, I picked up at a dollar store, and they looked like dollar store. People would just be like, so these are like got a little nicer. Like got some pockets and zip ups, so don't lose my stuff. That's exactly where I was going with that question. Because the only issue I have when I go comfy clothes for the airplane and the airport is, I don't really want my you know my wallet, my phone, passport, right, in sweatpants because I feel like everything's gonna fall out of them. Right. I'm a style maven. I don't want you in sweatpants just like Monday through Friday. They're not sweatpants. They're more like, I mean, I am wearing sweatpants right now. <laughs> At this moment. I just don't want you to give up. If you're I'm not giving up. They're comfortable. If you're going from jeans to sweatpants, it's a sign you're giving up. I'm going the wrong direction? Yes. I don't want I that do, for you. I do pick my kid up at school a lot in sweatpants, and there's definitely judgment from the parents. But where I live, there's judgment from the parents on everything. There should be. It's okay to be judgy in that situation. If you're in sweatpants, you should get judged. little caveat. I live in a beach community where things are supposed to be casual. Flip-flops. Like, why are people wearing flip-flops and, and $180, like, Tommy Bahamas, whatever the hell, shirts and shorts that, that, are, that are designed? Like, oh, I'm so cash. My outfit costs five hundred dollars. Oh, cool! I hate you. Get out of my way. Yes, that's a mustard stain on my shirt. You should say care. that to any parents judging you next time you're in the pickup line at school and just say, "Hey, going super cash today." Well, some of them listen to the show, so I am. I'm talking to you. Yo, got a person listening from my neighborhood. I'm listening to you. Let's do buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill, let's get right to it. Now, yesterday, the Bills fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey after losing to the Broncos on Monday Night Football to drop them to 5-5 five and five on the season. Josh Allen leads the entire NFL in interceptions, and he also leads all quarterbacks in total turnovers. Buffalo is currently 10th, 10th in the AFC standings. Bill, buy or sell? Buffalo making the playoffs. Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was I was ordering twelve pairs of sweats. No, just kidding. <laughs> Sell. Sell. So it's right on the margins, right? It's right on the edge. And the Browns, the Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson injury is one opening of a team that's gonna fall out. But I still think the Bengals at five and four are, are gonna make a pretty strong push. It's interesting where you might come down to the Texans. But I've seen enough games to, to believe that they play really well. In some ways, the Texans are almost last year's Lions with better outcomes in the sense that they play hard for their team. They're really good defensively, but they're and, and their quarterback play is, is better than we expected. Obviously, different stage of their, his career for C.J. Stroud. So they're a threat. I, it's going to be close. I, 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 but to answer your question, no, I, th- I, think, I think the Bills are on the outside looking forlornly in. All right, Bill, let's get to America's team. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones joined our affiliate 105.3 The Fan in Dallas yesterday, and he was posed the question, should Dak Prescott be in the MVP conversation? I do. I certainly do. Uh, He's put games that uh, are together here, a series of games that uh, are the best of his career, and in my view, and uh, at the best of uh, right at the tops of any uh, that I've seen. Bill, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, Dak Prescott right now has the 11th best odds to win MVP, although Dak does lead the NFL in completion percentage over 70%. He is tied for 
third in touchdowns, and he has the third-best quarterback rating among all QBs this season. My question to you, buy or sell Dak Prescott belongs in the MVP race. I'm going to buy. It's going to be counterintuitive. Buy. The Cowboys always go as Dak goes. They're they're only so valuable as, as he is able to be excellent. The problem with Dak is, and I think the reason he has the 11th odds and not what it probably should be is the 5th or 6th, is because I don't think anyone believes that excellence will transfer if and when they get to the playoffs. But that's a different that's a different thing. It is a different thing, but to your point, Dallas is 6-3 and three this year. All six wins have been against teams who currently have a losing record. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you this question. I, it feels less uh, on point here, but I'm going to ask that anyway. Buy or sell, we should still take Jerry Jones' statement seriously. Sell. He says stuff all the time that is just like, come on, man. It becomes to a point where it's just background noise. But you kind of have, like he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. So on one hand, I need to take him seriously. But on the other hand, he says it every single week in these interviews. So I can't take it seriously. I like him too. I mean, I don't know him, right? But I... He's a public figure that I like from a distance. But nobody gets a bigger pass for ineptitude and failure on the field over the last 24 years than this guy. He's like the lovable uncle who you love, but you don't want to think about in any context of, are you smart? Are you good at your job? Are you someone who takes seriously in the real world? And you definitely definitely don't want to sit next to that uncle at Thanksgiving dinner, which, as we noted... Best dinner no, of the I year. do want to. No, I want to sit next to him at Thanksgiving dinner because he's great. What I don't want to do is bump into him at the office and realize that everyone thinks he's a joke. All right, Bill, let's keep it in the NFL here. This one is uh, going to hit a little close to home. Now, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Justin Fields is expected to start this week for the Bears against the Lions as long as practice goes well this week. Fields hasn't played since October 15th, exactly one month ago because of a dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. My question to Bill, buy or sell Justin Fields returning is more about the other 31 NFL teams evaluating him rather than the Bears evaluating him. In terms of what the Bears' interest is, I mean, buy. They don't even want to win games. Buy. They have their pick and they have Carolina's pick. But you have to play him in order to raise his value. Do you want to watch Justin Fields at this point as a Bears fan? Do you care if he turns out to be a good quarterback? I'm not trying to criticize you, but it's not a good question because I don't want to watch the Bears for any reason at this point. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Is there any intrigue left in Justin Fields? So I think if I could do this from a neutral perspective as a non-Bears fan, I do think it's interesting and open-ended whether he can be outstanding in the right spot. Now, I think the problem for him is, all right, take Jared Goff as a comparison. Jared Goff... Sean McVay was over Goff in L.A. And Goff had much higher much higher levels of success than Justin Fields. He made a Super Bowl. He, won, he, he didn't win it, but they lost to the Patriots in a Super Bowl. He got them all the way to the, prop, to the very, very brink of all the way. And still he moved on from him. But Jared Goff is a more prototypical quarterback, and there's more places, not all, but more where he could go and be successful. So it, it shows you on the one hand that, yes, you can fail and be discarded and resurrect yourself in the NFL. It's hard to do. You can do it. 
Justin Fields is unique, and I think needs a uniquely flexible, not just uniquely talented, that too, but also a uniquely flexible offensive coordinator or offensive mind. So, so yes, he's fascinating, but only in the context of is there the right, where can he can he find a second chance? I'm not rooting against him. I hope he gets the hell out of Chicago because it's not going to work there for him or the Bears, and he finds a place and a coordinator who are able to give him a second chance, the way that golf got a, and is taking advantage of a second chance in Detroit. All right, Bill, let's turn our attention to college football here. Despite Colorado losing six of their last seven games, Deion Sanders said yesterday he doesn't plan on going anywhere else to coach. Your thoughts on the Texas A&M coaching vacancy? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to win. I want to win a game. So you think I, I really do sit down and think about that kind of stuff? Like what, what strikes me about that? about myself that you guys really think I sit down and say, oh, yeah, Stevie Day, yeah. Hey, come on. Come on, I'm good. We got to win. Let's let's focus on this week. And we play Friday, so we lose a day of, of practice. So we got to focus. Bill, buy or sell Dion should be interested in the Texas A&M job. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to answer it twice, okay? First, from like what's right and wrong, because I think loyalty matters, sell. Sell. But if you're talking selfly, simply self-interested, with none of that factored in, I'll buy A&M's obviously a better job. Buy. And one of the things about A&M that's really fascinating with Dion, and maybe it'd be better if it was fascinating four or five years from now, is you're in Texas, and there's amazing talent in Texas. And obviously Dion can out-recruit whatever he's placed in. But there would he would be even better if he was in, in Texas, yeah. Awfully hard to win in the SEC, though. It's fair. It's fair. But I, I'm not worried about that. I think I mean Colorado is supposed to win two games this year, you know, or one. I think he's going to figure it out. I'm I, I'm 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 on the Dion train now. All right, Bill. Speaking of college head coaching jobs, according to 24/7 Sports. UCLA is likely to fire Chip Kelly possibly as soon as this Saturday after they play USC. Kelly is in his sixth season with the Bruins with a season high of nine wins last year. Fire sell that Chip Kelly and UCLA never felt like a good fit. Bye. Bye. I thought I was wrong on this take. I never, but I, I guess not. I, I never thought it was going to work because I thought there was this, this incredible irony and he was a huge catalyst for how the game changed and he sparked a revolution that passed him by. He never caught up to a game that, that, he, that he inspired to get where it got. I can't believe he's in year six with UCLA. Like, he's been at UCLA yeah. longer than he was with Oregon, to your point. Buy or sell, you consider the UCLA job a good job, a great job. So See, I disagree. I think it's one of those. It's in the Big Ten, and, and I know people don't. Most most people don't live in LA, but but USC is not in a great part of LA. It's just not a desirable part of LA. UCLA is in paradise. I mean, Westwood is paradise, and so if every, it's not equal with tradition, but but if I were just a college kid, not playing football, if I were a college kid coming from Iowa, right? Where I'm from, and I was doing a, a, I wasn't smart enough to get into either school. But let's say that I was, and I went to USC and I went to UCLA for a college visit. It's a no-brainer. I would, I would want to go to UCLA. It's a, it's one of the most beautiful campuses in the, in America. It's not far from the beach. It's in the middle of the cool part of LA. But my point is, this is a major American city. There's not a cooler city in America that has a legitimate football program 
than Los Angeles. And the coolest campus in that, because New York, with all respect, there's, there's, I mean, I get, I guess Northwestern, but A, it's not in the city, and B, no, sorry, Chicago, LA's cooler. Miami, you can make an argument for, but I'll take LA over Miami. I just think it should be easier to recruit kids to this school. All right, Bill, let's get to some NBA here. Hoopier than thou. Pacers point guard Tyrese Halliburton became the first player in NBA history to have at least 25 points and 15 assists with zero turnovers in back-to-back games. So, Bill, that's 58 points and 32 assists. And, oh, by the way, Halliburton is shooting 63% from the floor in those two games. Halliburton made his very first All-Star team last season. So my question to you, Bill, buy or sell Halliburton is a perennial all-star talent. Talent, buy, yes. Buy. It's not just the NFL and quarterbacks where you have to find the right spot. It's it's all sports. It's, it's all walks of life. And that trade that sent him there worked for everybody. He has been outstanding with these guys. Yes, yes, yes. I think he is as a talent. And maybe in reality, I think he is. All right, one last one here, Bill. Let's finish up with some baseball. Shohei Otani was among seven players who turned down about $20 million in a qualifying offer from their former teams yesterday to remain in free agency. Buy or sell, you expect Shohei Otani to drag out his free agency throughout the winter. Ooh, drag it out. It's really interesting. Like You're a lot of the time... That this is a very loaded question. I'm going to sell your loaded anti-Shoei question. I'm going to sell the answer. Sell. Because you often think he's he's dragging it out. I think he's going to take his time. Scrooge. Why are you dancing? I don't think he's going to drag it out. I want to know if you think he's going to drag it out. I think he's going to take his a lot of time. I think drag it out is a loaded term. Nobody is anywhere near Shohei's talent who's in this free agency class. But do you think it's going to take Otani to sign first and then everybody else? Or yeah, everybody else help. signs first and Otani's last? Well, let me say this in defense of him, and every year this happens certainly in the NBA. Not so much in the NFL. I have moved many times in my life for my career. I moved my, my kids twice in they, at an age where they cried, and it was heartbreaking. I moved away from my daughter when I, she was one to go cover the heat for nine months. They lived in, in Kansas City. I mean, it changed my life for the better, but that was a really excruciating decision. And in every one of those cases, and in smaller situations where I've had to make big career decisions, I've had bosses pressure me, tell me I need an answer tomorrow or a week. I mean, it's hard. Like, I have to decide if I'm going to move across America in four days. I would have taken every minute if I had had two months. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, and often you sort of know what you're probably going to do, but you still want to work through it. Shohei Otani is trying to decide if he's going to stay at a place that is a disaster. He can go to the Dodgers, but L.A., I mean, where he lives in L.A. is going to be hours from from Dodger Stadium. Do you move? Do you want to go to Chicago or New York or Chicago or Chicago? Like, it's a whole other part of the country. San Francisco, I, I, I have no issue with him taking his time. That's it? We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to finish early today? Early? That's about when we normally finish. I know, no, it's pretty late. Uh, buy or sell... You dress up at Thanksgiving. Bye. Go. Oh, I'll wear sweats. No, there's a few occasions where I sports still get... coat. No, not that much, but certainly I don't even go jeans. I'll go khakis and I'll go collared shirt at your own house if it's just you and your wife and Will. Yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. I think that about covers it. I used to, but I'm I'm just I'm just over it. 
But I'm buying fancy sweats now. No such Buyers, thing. No such thing. They count. They look so oh, they're so comfortable. I don't know why I used to travel in jeans on a plane. It's so uncomfortable. I don't want this for you. I don't want you didn't to give have up. Flex, didn't have flexible denim back then, though. Don't give up, man. It's all coming up, Bill Ryder. Uh, let's get into the college football playoff committee not knowing what week it is after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Tom, you're in New York. I'm in L.A. Just had a five-minute break with wonderful sponsors. Can you guess what I did in that break? I think I got a really good chance of getting this right. Hit me. I think you watched a movie trailer. Did you see me? Could you hear it? I could not hear it, but judging by your facial expressions, that's what I thought. Just watch the Garfield movie trailer. What do you mean? Why do you roll? Yeah. Like, get in there. Like the cat? I, I read all those comics when I was a kid. I was That was my big exciting thing at Book Fair Day at, at uh, where did I go to elementary? Was it Bryant Elementary School? I don't know. Some elementary school in Dubuque, Iowa. Odie. Get a Garfield book. Odie the dog better than Garfield the cat. Yeah, well, I'm loud, just withheld a really mean thing. Let's, uh, anyway, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the, the Garfield trailer. Not sure it's going to be great, but I enjoyed the trailer. What, uh, what's the human's name? Their, their, their owner, so to speak? That's when I adopted, I just watched it. John. John. I couldn't remember his name. Deshaun Watson is out for the remainder of the year. He broke a bone, fractured bone in his shoulder. He also has an ankle injury. There will be surgery on that shoulder. He is the guy that was given a record-breaking, what's $230 million guaranteed over five years. It has not worked out. He has now spoken to the media over the, just the last 20, 30 minutes, and here is a, a part of, of that press conference. Do you have any idea when you're going to be able to throw a football again? Um, I mean, it depends on, you know, everything. Maybe hopefully in two months, three months. So it's more of the, so. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, the, the pain that you're feeling, is it, is it more frustration, like, internally because you're not allowed to play, or are you physically feeling like, man, I, if I had to throw a football right now, I probably could? I mean, it's both. I mean, it's very painful. The whole second half was painful to throw a football, you know. It's a you know, bone that's, that's fractured in my shoulder, so um, no, no type of, you know, medicine or anything is going to stop the pain from that, but. Um, it's just frustrating all just all around, just not being able to play and just the injuries. But, you know, I can't control certain injuries. And, um, you know, from what the experts told me, with that certain injury and then the high ankle sprain is you know, things that, you know, happens with everybody in the game. So, $230 million, a bunch of first-round picks they had to trade for the guy. Just a disaster. Tom, I, I didn't ask you earlier in the show. I think it's, I think it's going to go down as one of the worst trades Slash signings. They traded for him and they gave him the ex- all the money. It's both in NFL history. Do you want to push back on this at all? Do you want to be a, a contrarian here? Do you do you do you see glimmers of optimism post surgery? I don't even think it will improve from the point we're at now. And he's in year two of this thing. This is a five yeah. year deal. He's played a grand total of 12, 12 games. He was suspended for the first eleven last year. He's had injury issues this year. No, I think it only gets worse from here, and the expectations won't change because of that contract. So I think it only gets worse. And it's not like they're eleven and one when he starts, right? It's not. It's not as if like, oh man, he can't stay healthy. But when he plays, he's he's mediocre. He is mediocre. All right, uh, we will obviously talk more about this as we get more info. Bummer for the Browns. I just just really quickly, 
College Football Playoff Committee dropped their their uh, their rankings last night. Georgia moves to one. Ohio State goes to two. Why? I know Georgia beat the the snot out of Ole Miss, but Ohio State crushed Michigan State. Michigan State was not the thirteenth or fourteenth ranked team in the country like Ole Miss, but. If you're going to drop Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State belongs at number one. If you're going to drop them, you should have done it after the Rutgers game a few weeks ago. when they were And they won that game more or less handily, but they were down at the half. Do I remember that right, Tom? Were they down or just in it? Down, down. 9-7 at the half. I just, here's my, I actually don't really care. I know the seedings will, will matter in terms of matchups. It's Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Florida State 4. That is the cutoff for this year's college football playoff opportunity. Then it's Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. There's no guarantee that Washington's going to beat Oregon. So there's two, there's two sort of things here. One is that I need Washington, if they win out, to jump the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. I don't think that's a guarantee based on what we're seeing. It's, it might happen. That's my concern, number one, how they're going to screw the Pac-2, Pac-12. But, but number two, Tom, is I also need the win. If Oregon wins out and beats – if Oregon beats Washington, I need Oregon to jump the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. And I don't know that that's going to happen, the way these seeding – because you – if Ohio State loses a close game to Michigan at the end of the year, that's a better loss than – whatever loss is going to exist for Oregon if they win. So I just, I hate it, man. I just, I don't understand why you wouldn't have, since you have five undefeated teams, have Washington be in the top four, have every conference represented in the current incarnation, and then the winner, right? Let's say Ohio State is three and Michigan's five. I would go the other way around, frankly. But you know that if the team on the outside wins, in that game, they they get bumped up, but it also preserves a chance for the Pac-12. I just I think the committee is setting this up to completely, completely screw over the Pac-12, Pac-2. Can I give you another scenario where I think, to your point, the Pac-12 could be left standing there all alone? Alabama. Yep. If Alabama beats at Georgia in yep. the SEC championship game, which I don't think will happen, but if it does, and then what if? That's a good point. What if Texas wins the Big 12? Are you going to put Alabama in because of the win over Georgia and leave Texas out because Texas has already beaten Alabama this season? And then to your point, Ohio State-Michigan is a close game. Whoever wins is a close game. Yeah, Georgia won does protect Georgia, doesn't it, against a loss against, against Alabama. So now I'm enraged about that for the next 20 seconds. I'm going to watch this Garfield driller four times to calm down. In that scenario, could you have two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams, and the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are left standing there? Yeah, but this shouldn't. This is why you should have college football playoff expansion. If Georgia loses, they should be out. If you think the SEC championship game is the decider, because there are other teams with a reasonable case, that is a playoff game. All these games should be playoff games. The, the championship, conference championship games. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. I'm Bill Ryder. Shows Ryder than you. See you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 